What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Whiskey Sessions. We have a great episode for you. What's up, B-Pimp? What's up, everybody? Yeah, it's going to be a good one because here's what we got. First of all, we're doing another round of Let's Get Personal, uh, the, the, the game that is sweeping the nation. Second of all, you got an awesome whiskey. And then, if that is not enough, we are talking the top five one-hit wonders of the decade we were both born in, the 1980s. I can't wait for that. Yeah, it was fun to go through. I think a couple of mine, people are going to argue whether they're one-hit wonders, but it's like, if you only know one song from that band, or like that band is known for essentially one song, even if maybe they had another song that like blipped on the charts at some time, like, I think of the common equivalent as, like, Carly Rae Jepsen. I know she's had other singles, sort of, but I think she still qualifies. I had an argument with Lisa about this yesterday. I don't think she is a one-hit wonder. <sighs> well, okay. You might not like a couple of mine, then, but... <laughs> <laughs> when we do the 2000s, we're going to have beef. Oh, boy. It's going to be... My numbers one through five are going to be Carly Rae Jepsen, I'm afraid. <laughs> I see your point, though. I mean, yeah. I definitely, I'm not saying there's no way you could consider her one, but I just, maybe I just like Call Me Maybe so much that I'm blinded by that, but I don't know. Well, no, I love that song, too, but it's like, or like, would you consider Macklemore a one-hit wonder with Thrift Shop? Well, he had a couple other ones that got some circulation, though, right? Yeah, I mean, he had, like, Can't Hold Us, is that the name of it? I guess yeah, that got pretty high. They had a good hook to it. But it's like, so many of those songs, like, are writing the draft of the other song, you know? Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. it's true. Thrift Shop was definitely, like, if you ask anyone who doesn't pay attention to hip-hop and you say that name, they're going to say, oh, Thrift Shop. Oh, yeah, Thrift Shop. Uh, oh, I, I would do Thrift Shop. Right, oh, that, remember this Thrift Shop that one time? It was the that only song the guy had. So, yeah, One Hit Wonder. Um. But yeah, we are not talking about the 2000s. We're going to be talking about the 1980s. And I i don't know about you. I wrote down the year for all of the uh, one-hit wonders I had. And a startling number of them were from 1982, for whatever reason. Was that the year MTV started? Maybe that's it. I like can't explain it. Out of the, the top five I have... Or, okay, out of the top five I have, plus I have three honorable mentions. I think like six of them are 1982. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's really odd. Uh, but we will come back to that. First, we have to play a round of Let's Get Personal. B-Pimp, uh, do you think you could take a second to explain to our listeners just what this game is? This is a game that takes into account the Wikipedia page of various people of industry and celebrity. And we are going to test each other to see if you name the person... Will you be able to guess if they have a personal life section in their Wikipedia page? So this has to be labeled personal life. It can't be like a little subsection in another area. It has to be personal life. And we try to stump each other. Yeah. And we have played, so we usually do five at a time. Uh, and we played three full rounds so far over the course of our episodes. Right now, since we do five at a time, three rounds, B-Pimp. You have gotten 9 out of 15, correct? 
and I am holding the lead at 10 out of 15, but it is a razor thin margin of one. I'm going to try, I'm going to try my best to get back on top. Yeah. So I got five more coming my way. Uh, the following episode, B pimp is going to finish up round four. So we will see where we are after episode 46, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, we gotta, we gotta open round four with let's get personal. I'm ready. B pimp. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Then let's get to it. This is Let's Get Personal. Let's get personal. Personal. Perfect. All right. So we have a tough round for you. This is another one where you have to guess the theme as well Ooh. as answering the Let's Get Personal questions. Mm-hmm. So let's get started. Number one for you is American business magnet Paul Allen. Ooh. All right. Paul Allen. A, one of the co-founders of Microsoft, or at least in on the early bits. He owns the Seahawks, and he owns the Portland Trailblazers. These things I know. He also bought out my kid's summer camp that I went to, and is now his private property, which he has family on. Ooh, I wonder if that's in his Wikipedia page. It might be. So I think he's kind of a dick. I'm going to say he does have a personal life section. Well, you're one for one. Yeah. Does it say anything about Camp Nor'wester on Lopez Island? Uh, let's see if I can do a quick find in page. Camp Nor'easter. The Close. word camp Nor'wester. Does not... Nor'wester. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, camp <laughs> Camp does not appear in his Wikipedia page. Ah, uh, okay. Well, too bad. All right, one for one though. I'm feeling good. Anytime you have a guess about the theme, just go ahead and guess, and I'll tell you if you're right. Well, I mean, there's two options we could be going with now. It could be sports owners, or it could be tech magnates, or it could be wealthiest people in the world. I'm not really sure. Those are my three mm-hmm. directions. I'm gonna I'm gonna let the second one determine which I'm going with. Number two is, and I kid you not, this list was made beforehand. Our aforementioned hip hop semi star Macklemore. Macklemore. Okay. I'm going to guess the list is white people from Seattle. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Close. Maybe just people from Seattle. You got it. Okay, good. Uh, all right. Macklemore does have a personal life section. Well, you're two for two. Wow. I'm cleaning up. Uh, I want to see if I can find a little quick fun part of... Uh... Oh, he dedicated a song to Dave Niehaus. Oh, that's right. My Oh My. That's nice. I remember that. Yeah, no. He was a Seattle sports legend. He was. I won't. I won't say I was ever a huge Dave Niehaus fan. I don't have anything bad to say against him, but I won't also pretend that he was my favorite broadcaster. But it was. He is certainly one with the Seattle Mariners. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair uh, take. Number three is UFC fighter Josh Barnett. Wow. Well, I don't know who that is. Um, so I'm going to say, no, he does not have a personal life section. I'm sorry. You're two for three. Oh, that's tough. You give me three yeses in a row. You're kind of throwing me off now. <laughs> I don't know what's coming next. Uh, a little fun fact about Josh Barnett. He plays and is a fan of the card game Magic the Gathering. Interesting. So he's a nerd, you're saying. He's a nerdy cage fighter. Ugh, the nerdiest of sports. I am going to go next with soft jazz legend Kenny G. 
Oh, he is from Seattle. <laughs> sure is. I think I knew that and maybe purposely put it out of my memory. <laughs> that man can play a saxophone. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I, I saw him do the national anthem at a Sonics game, and he can do circular breathing, which for better or wor- for worse means he can freaking hold a note forever. <laughs> which is mostly for worse if you're doing the national anthem at a sports game, but... It just goes on and on. Just went on and on. Kenny G, I will say, does have a personal life section. Oh, you got it. Three for four. Wow. You're giving me four yeses in a row. Hey, you never know what I could do. No. Um, it's fifth he's ones. A, Oof. He was also an early investor in Starbucks. Wow. Well, I bet he's got a lot of money then. Keeping up the Seattle heritage. Unless he was also an early divester of Starbucks. You got in and then got out. Yeah, immediately. Whoa, they opened a second store. No thanks. He was trying. He was going to try to use the coffee to like keep his saxophones in good shape. He was like soaking them in there, and then they oh, broke. Oh yeah. And he got he got mad. He got very mad. Did not know what coffee did. <laughs> okay. Last but not least, well, probably least, uh, shamed inter- or, uh, television chef Mario Batali. Oh, that's too bad because his dad has I maybe be the best maybe I made that three syllables. His dad has maybe the best sandwich shop I've ever been to. And it's in Seattle. Uh but Mario Batali, I will say, does have a personal life section. You just missed uh four for five, you wrote three for five. He does not. Oh, really? Damn. He probably has a controversy section though. Oh, you bet he does. Oof. That would be another fun game. Do they have a controversy section? That would well, be it's getting hard out. to have nose in that now. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is fucking up. He should Mario Batali should also have an unfortunate hairstyle section. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so three for five. That puts me at uh thirteen for twenty. That's pretty respectable. It's respectable, but it does mean if you get a clean sweep next time you would be ahead. And four would tie you. Uh, yeah, I would say you have a good chance there. Well, considering my recent history, I have no chance, but I'm going to try to be optimistic. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a, a... For the next time we play this, I have a very similar theme to the last time, because that stumped you so much. So I'm uh, that's what I'm hoping for again. Yeah, it was very difficult. Yeah, but all right. Uh, 13 for 20. Uh, you have something to shoot for for next time, but... Why don't we talk about the namesake of our podcast? What is the whiskey that you have for us, B Pimp? I've got a very special whiskey. It is subtitled The Spirit of the City. It's Whoa. the double the Dubliner. The Dubliner. Nice. Let me guess what the city is. Dublin. You got it. You're uh, four for six. <laughs> four for six. Yeah, back on the board. Um, it's an Irish whiskey, of course. It's bourbon cask aged. And it says, it's the aging fine old bourbon cast that gives the Dublin Irish whiskey its special warmth. And it's a product of Ireland, of course. Uh, what else? It's batch number 001. Whoa. So I got a fancy batch. How about it? Uh, 40% alcohol, so 80 proof. There's another little blurb on the back. It says, it's fueled by the spirit of home our rich history and heritage its warmth and welcome blended from a selection of malt and grain whiskey we raise a glass to the city of dublin nice so i'm gonna pour a little here are you how are you drinking on the rocks neat i am gonna do on the rocks because i do like to have my irish whiskeys on the rocks 
Right. And I would like... I'm very curious. I've never had it. So let's see how it is. Yeah, me too. Well, bottoms up. Take a sip. Let us know what you think. And when you are ready, B-Pimp, and not to rush you, but is this whiskey smooth or does it get the boot? I took two sips because I wanted to make sure that I tasted it right. Yeah. It's smooth. Oh, it's smooth. Another one in the smooth category. Dubliner. It's a little interesting for an Irish whiskey. That's why I took two sips because, mm-hmm. you know, we have to bring quality to the people. So I didn't want to just go off the first sip. But um, yeah, it's got a little bit more, uh, I don't want to put it. I'm used to like Tullamore Dew, Jameson, Powers, some of the ones where it's just it's just that same kind of style and there's little differences. This is a little bit more, it's got a little bit more peat, like a scotch. Interesting. Was that, was that the reason you had to do the double sip? You kind of had to like confirm that taste. Yeah. It was a little thrown off in a good way. Um, and then the second sip confirmed that it is smooth. And this is one that based on that, I don't know if I would be as quick to mix this with like ginger ale as I'm want to do. Yeah. This would be more of a sipper. Okay, so, and, and how is the taste staying with you? Is it giving you that warmth it's talking about? It's definitely got the sweater on the inside factor. That's good. Which uh, Jameson has trademarked, but, um, yeah, it's got that. It's got a pleasant uh, finish. There's no, like, swampy aftertaste That's that good. some whiskeys have had. Um, so I like it. Good. Well, that's uh, that's another on the smooth train. Uh, for our listeners, get Dubliner. I have not seen this one a lot. Where were you able to get it from? Uh, there's a lovely little liquor store. Actually, it's called Lively Liquors. Um, right by my office. And they have a good selection of not only whiskey, but beer. And I also bought a four-pack of Son of Juice. Which, I don't know, have I told you about that before? The beer? Son of Juice. No. It's a... Maplewood Brewery. It's called Son of Juice. It tastes kind of like they make made an IPA out of a juice box, and it's delicious. Oh. Okay, so go ahead, listeners, get that Dubliner, or Dubliner? The old Dubliner. That's <laughs> yeah. not an Irish accent. <laughs> no, that was perfect. Um, yeah, it'll keep you warm for those cold Irish nights. But we got to get into our top five B-Pimp, and I was excited to put this one together. As we discussed at the top of the episode, this is the top five one-hit wonders of the 1980s. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think, you know, we might we might have some double dips, but I don't know for sure. We'll play little uh, itty-bitty little non-copyright infringement clips of each song, just in case our listeners... It's such a one-hit wonder that they forgot about it. Um, but yeah, let's get to it. These are our top five 1980s one-hit wonders. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, my number five. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. It is The Safety Dance by Men Without Hats. We can dance if we want to. I'm a huge fan of this. I, I just like the, the beat of it. I think the singing is actually pretty good. I don't know exactly what the song means, 
the video is hilarious, and it's just catchy. I agree. That's a good, a very good song. It's uh, there's a funny bit from that with that song in Scrubs too. So that's a nice little side note, but it's catchy. It is. It's just it's a it's an earworm. Yeah, and it's it's one of a few songs I have that is in 1982 for whatever reason. And you hypothesized that maybe it was the start of MTV. I don't know. Um, that might have something to do with it. I do think that a lot of people made songs when MTV took off. They were like trying to get on there, so maybe that led to them making songs where like they made one catchy song and made a video and got on there and that became a hit and then they just disappeared. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of one hit wonders of 1982, but, uh, what is your number five? BPM? My number five is shattered dreams by Johnny hates jazz. This is a great song from 1987 um, that has a creepy video. And for some reason, when I was little, one of my pastimes was to force my parents to put on VH1. And then I would dance to the videos on VH1. Nice. So this was one of those songs that I became obsessed with. And then I would just go up to my mom as like a three-year-old and yell shattered dreams at her until she would put the video on. <laughs> you just... I would like to see, like, yeah, like a three-year-old, four-year-old you just yelling at your mom, Shattered Drapes! Shattered Drapes! Yeah. It's great. Um, it still holds up as a catchy, weird song, because I watched it not too long ago, because <laughs> I just thought of it again. <laughs> but I, I don't know what else to say about it. You just have to kind of... I recommend the video, for sure. Yeah. it's uh, The one thing I really liked about putting together this list was kind of revisiting these songs again. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a reason that they were hits, even if they were one-hit wonders. Oh, for sure. Does not diminish their hitness, in my mind, at all. Agreed. Uh, but my number four is another 1982 classic. It is Mickey by Tony Basil. Or maybe it's Basil. I'm actually not even sure. I didn't realize this song was actually from 1982. I, it's, I didn't think it was that old. I think it had some legs as far as like the video. Because that was when she was a cheerleader, right? Yeah, I think so. I haven't gotten a real good look at the video. I'm pretty sure it was when she's basically in a cheerleader outfit doing like a Mickey cheer. And uh, I remember seeing it well into, like well after it came out. So that's probably why. I, I also wouldn't have guessed it was that old. Yeah. But it, it is uh, a classic, but I also understand why that artist would not have any other hits. Yeah, that was a that was one of those novelty songs where it's just like something about it got it going, got it like popular, and then who knows what happened after that. Yeah, and it's really only the chorus too, because the the verses when it dips into the verses, it's not that great of a song, but it's like really like held together by the novelty of its chorus. That's a solid pick. Thank you, sir. Uh, what is your number four? Number four for me is She Blinded Me With Science by Thomas Dolby. She blinded me with science. She blinded me with science. All right, She Blinded Me With Science. That's a good pick. They just, just missed my list. I think I had it on my list earlier today. 
but great pick. It's a 1982 song. It also. is. Um, this is one that I still like. I know a lot of these because they're one-hit wonders and they were popular. You could say this about every, all of them, but this especially, I have a vivid image in my head. of. I think there was like a, one of those compilation CDs that they would sell on TV, and they always had a clip from this in it where it's just like him looking crazy and mm-hmm. just yelling like this. She blinded me, like doing all that, <laughs> you know craziness and i and i always remember that and i think it's a good little uh pop tune it is all right going into my top three i think all three some people might take a slight issue with them being one hit wonders and i'll admit i still think they are but my number three is take on me by aha So this song breaks my 1982 streak. It's actually 1985. And I know they did a James Bond song, but I, aside from that, I think they count as one-hit wonders. I love this song, and I didn't put it on my list only because I love it so much, and I, and I felt like including it as a one-hit wonder would somehow denigrate its uh, greatness in my mind, but I can't really argue too hard with you. They had another song, too, that I know, but I don't know the title of it, and I don't know how big of a hit it actually was, so that, to me, doesn't count to, like, <laughs> qualify them as not a one-hit wonder, so sadly, I agree. Yeah, and it's just, like, such a good song to sing along to. It's one of the best. Yeah, it really is. All right, what's your number three? Number three for me is Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Never gonna give you up, never gonna let you Great pick. I totally forgot about that song. It's a one-hit wonder, right? Because I was trying to think of... I, I know he did have other songs, but oh. I feel like none of them come anywhere close to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one-hit wonder for sure. I mean, especially because getting Rickrolled has like permeated through almost the present. I mean, maybe people don't really get Rickrolled anymore, but it's just like that, I think, that definitely fits the definition of a one-hit wonder. And if somebody wants to argue that, that maybe he had some other single, get out of here. That's what I say to that. You're going to rickroll him into yeah. oblivion. Yeah. I'm sorry. Do you get rickrolled with another song besides Never Gonna Give You Up? No. I love... It's from 1987, by the way, so it's not a 1982, sadly. But I love his dance moves in this video. He had the, like... He had this big, overfitting, uh, ill-fitting suit on. And he just was, like, getting it in with the dance moves. It, it was intense. Yeah, I miss some of the late 80s, early 90s dance moves. We gotta bring them back. Yeah, less. we need less, like, looking cool and more just like, I don't really care what you think, I'm just gonna dance. Exactly. I uh, 100% agree with that. Alright, my number two. Again, somebody's gonna argue with me that they're not a one-hit wonder. And actually, they just came through Oakland, I think, last week. I didn't see them, but I kind of wish I did. It is Africa by Toto. I got beef with you on this one. Oh, you got beef with me? Alright, what other Toto songs do you love? I'm gonna I'm not even just gonna say it, I'm gonna do a little ditty from it. Okay. It's heavy drum beats. Hold the line. Wow, 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 wow. And then something on time. Come on, hold the line. 
I don't it's know. a classic. I don't think it's a classic. Hold the Line is a stone-cold classic. Anyway. It's terrible rendition of it, just not it's a great song. I think, I don't know if you might have, like, sold your own point down the river with that rendition. I probably did, but just go watch the YouTube video of Hold the Line and tell me that doesn't get you riled up. No, I, okay, I'll agree because somebody... Well, obviously, I don't 100% agree because I put it on my list, but somebody else was actually arguing with me that they were not a one-hit wonder either, and I, I don't remember if they were talking about Hold the Line or some other song, but it probably was Hold the Line, I'm assuming. Um, you know, I probably like Hold the Line so much because it's like a heavy rock song, Yeah. and so it's right in my wheelhouse, so it's always been like one of my favorites, and yeah, believe it or not, even though that failed attempt at recreating it, I have listened to it a lot. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm sure that was, like, a very faithful recreation of it. It's, I mean, it's basically, like, we're going to have to cut that clip down. We're not playing a clip from that, but <laughs> we're going to get sued for that, for that being too close to the original. It came so close, no one could tell the difference that they thought it was a copyright infringement. People are just looking around like, am I in a Toto concert? <laughs> yeah. All right, what is your number two? Number two, Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. I always feel All right, why is this one your number two? Again, it's very much, it's a 1984 hit, and it's very much on the strength of the video, because the video is strange. It's Rockwell, like, stalking around a house like he's trying to find a woman. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure he finds her, and she's in the shower. And if this, if this video came out now, we would have a major scandal. Major problems. But it was in 1984, so everyone's like, oh, yeah. look at that. <laughs> He's just trying to find her in the house. Yeah, it's not weird. It's just like when Blurred Lines came out in, like, 2012. It was okay for, like, 2012. Well, because of the nudity? No, not good. <laughs> I wasn't saying the video, just, like, the subject matter of the song. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, isn't there isn't there a lady that's, like, n- almost nudie in the video? Well, I think for that song, they had a nude version and a non-nude version. There, There is nudity in that video. Oh, that's scandalous. Yeah. Well, and that model who's in it basically made her career starting with that video. Yeah, that's true. So, good on her. Alright, my number one. It hurts me to say that this is a one-hit wonder too. It hurt. I think it would hurt me more than anyone else to even say this, but frankly, it is. My number one is Just a Friend by Biz Marquis. Oh, This just squeezes into the 80s at 1989, but I, I think it's, you'd be hard-pressed to say any other Bismarcky has cracked popular culture to a, a wide degree. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, um, it definitely is a one-hit wonder. I can't think of another song by him. I mean, I was never, like, a huge fan of him to that I would know if he had another, like, semi-hit, but that song is big. Yeah, it's huge burned other like uh covers and like versions of it like the one that like mario did or whatever like 10 years ago and you have covered it oh yeah no i love playing that song it's a good song it's a rollicking good time it is all right what is your number one come on eileen 
by Dexy's Midnight Runners. Great pick. That's a that's a really good song. It's 1982, also. How about it? It's got to be the MTV thing. I feel like it has to. It it has to be because all three of my honorable mentions are also 1982. Yeah, there's something about that year. Oh, I looked. It's it was launched on August 1st, 1981. So that was leading into 1982, and it was it would have been enough time for people to see that it had traction. And then they were like, hey, let's turn on some hits. Oh, yeah. You got to test it out for a few months. And then they have to make the songs in the videos themselves. So, of course, it would be 1982. Perfect. Yeah. What What about Come On Eileen really speaks to you? I just think it's a good sing-along song, too, like Take On Me is. Um, it's iconic. It's the video where they're all like, uh, I don't even know what they're supposed to be. Are they like hobos or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They've got like patchwork clothes on, and they're one guy's playing like a, a an accordion or something. <laughs> if yeah. I if I'm remembering it correctly, maybe this is another video that I'm combining. <laughs> no, I think you're right. But it's it's just catchy. It's a good song. I mean, if if you told me that, like, I mean, not only okay, let me put another thing that puts it at number one for me. I always know Dexy's Midnight Runners, and I should not remember that band. Yeah, but I will always remember that band name because of Come On Eileen. It's just. It's a great song. Yeah, great song, great band name. Uh, B-Pimp, you got any honorable mentions that you want to uh, get off your chest? I do. I have my list went away. Hold on one second. I have a couple here. Oh, Tommy Two-Tone, that song, 8675309. Yep, that's on my honorable mentions, too. And that is 1982. It is. Tainted Love by Soft Cell, 1982. That's, That's also on my list. Hey, we had a good uh, cohesion in our honorable mentions. Yeah, I had those two, and then I had She Blinded with Me with Science by Thomas Dolby, also 1982. So that was my whole list. I also had one more, which was Too Shy by Kaja Gugu, and that was 1983, sadly. Oh. You know what? They were just a. It probably came out January 1st, 1983. Yeah, they like just missed. They yeah. wanted it to premiere on New Year's Eve. I also have a dishonorable mention for Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> you don't like... I fucking hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. Just, like, get out of here with that, Bobby. Don't tell me what to be. You, you didn't like him uh, trying to dictate your life, huh? Yeah! I'll be as... I'll have as many worries and be as angry as I want to be. Did you like the guy who did the... Because uh, didn't he do kind of, like, sound effects and stuff, like the guy from Police Academy? That, I don't know. I don't know what else Bobby McFerrin did. I feel like he's known for, like, not scatting, but, like, doing weird vocal effects. That's possible, because I can't think of any other songs. Let's just do the, top, the, another list in the future will be top five favorite Police Academy sound effects from that guy <laughs> who does those. I'm going to have to start watching those movies again, because I, I haven't seen any of them in 20 years. There were, I watched one a few years ago, I feel like, on, it was like on Amazon Prime or something, and I was like, oh, I wonder how this is, and it's not good. No, they're terrible movies, except for maybe the first one. Yeah. And even that I'm not really sure about. It was the height of Steve Gutenberg's fame. Yeah. Didn't really have a lot of legs on him. Well, Cocoon, and Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> and that's it. And then he was in the big green, too. 
Yeah. Well, top, top five Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> top five. If you want to mention a top five Steve Gutenberg movie, or if you have top five one hit wonders from the 1980s that you think we missed, go ahead and email us at whiskey sessions music at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. Either way, we love Twitter, we love email. And now we're going to take the opportunity to read your emails. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what do we got in the old email inbox? Dear Whiskey Sessions, how can you talk about movies so bad they're good with nary a mention of Chopping Mall? Robots with laser eyes who kill a bunch of teens in a mall would be the spec script for any potential movie of this genre. Your credibility is gone. Sincerely, Horatio from Virginia. Wow. Well, you know, I... If our credibility is gone, then it's gone, and that's sad. But I have not heard of this movie. Chopping Mall, is, I have, and I've seen it, and I tend to agree with Horatio. Um, I think that it was an oversight on my part. And I also think that had I seen a movie called They Call Me Bruce, which I saw over the past, or since we recorded that episode, that would have also been on my list. I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm just going to say, do yourself a favor, go to Amazon and look up They Call Me Bruce and watch it. Oh, okay. Uh, those are two hits that our audience should watch. Uh, I have an email from Armand in Louisville or Louisville, Colorado. I'm not really sure which one it is. It says, Dear Whiskey Sessions, I'm thinking about starting a whiskey distillery in, here in Colorado but I fear that producing a bootworthy batch will sink my business before it even gets started. What are your tips for getting on the smooth train? That's a... you just go. You just go to the whiskey board, uh-huh. and they sell tickets there. Yeah. So you just go up to the window and say, "I just need a one-way ticket for the smooth train," and then they give you a little pouch, and then you put that in your whiskey, and you're set. Yeah, I'm concerned that Armin just doesn't have the confidence to go ahead and buy a ticket to the Smooth Train. I'm not sure what's so complicated about it. He needs directions to the ticket booth. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Armin, but uh, if you need directions to the ticket booth, you might need a boot to figure out which way you're going. There's a scroll in the boot, and if you take it out, it's a map, and then it, t- it takes you to the ticket booth. <laughs> yes. This whole scenario makes sense that we're describing. And then once you get there, it's George Carlin from Shining Type Station. Yes, absolutely. Get on the Thomas the Tank Engine. That is the smooth train. It's not It's not going to take you like into the ocean or anything. It's going to take you on the smooth train. You know what's stupid about that show, though? It takes place on an island. Yeah, that's like, it, all the trains just go into the water. I guess so. It's kind of sad to think about. They're losing a lot of money in trains. <laughs> All right, well, uh, if you have emails that you would like to send us, please do. You can hit us up at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, and we'll read them on a future episode. But that does it for this episode. B-Pimp, do you have any words of wisdom you would... Words of wisdom? Do you have any words of wisdom you would like to leave our listeners with? When you build your railroads, don't put any tracks leading into water. No, you will not get that train back. All right, until next time... Peace out.